It's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, a show all about church communications and digital ministry. Come hang out with us. Well, hey, Megan, welcome to 2021. Thank God. Thank goodness it is here. (laughs) Oh, it's already starting off better this year, I think, because there's just, it's, I don't know what it is about a new year. It's really not any different. I mean, we're just. Circumstantially, nothing has changed, but my mind is better. It it is. Not having to write those four numbers in a row like that. There's just something dramatic about it all of a sudden. Remember how we thought 2020 was going to be so good? 2020 vision. (laughs) We were all ready for it. Oh my gosh. It was going to be the year of breakthrough. Poor young. And said it almost broke us. (laughs) Poor young, stupid us (laughs) who didn't know anything that was coming. But thankfully, it looks like we got some good things happening, good things wrapping up in the world. You know, um, got some vaccines out there. That's really good. So. I believe I believe we're getting back to our normal set of problems, but um, I I think everyone is in the mindset of let's try that again in 2021. <laughs> I like I like to use the word refresh. Yeah, like let's refresh, refresh, reset. Things. Reset, um, yeah. You know, so I I think that many of us in communications are thinking, okay, none of our plans really went like we wanted them to go in 2020. So 2021 looks like we might have a chance to actually do some of that stuff. What are we going to do? The world looks different. The church looks different. Um, what is going to be happening in 2021? So I think that we could start off our year in the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. Thank you for joining us, everybody. And with a discussion on what would we do in the first hundred days, whether you're a new communications director in 2021, or you're just like, let's hit reset and let's try again. What will we do? Um, so we've come up with some things that we want to share. And um, Megan's thrown a few in. I've thrown a few in. We're going to just chat. It's a big old grab bag of great ideas. <laughs> a lot of things that are that by the end of this, you may feel pretty overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, I have to do all that. So as we talk about this, I just want to say, Take one or two things at a time, get it going, and then start the next thing. Don't feel like you have to do all this at once um, in your first hundred days. So we're going to recommend set some goals for each. Pick what you want to do. Set some goals on a timeline. Uh, work towards that deadline and just start accomplishing those things as we go. But first, before we get into this content, uh, we have a quick word about some exciting things happening for me and the Churchcom team Uh, world. Just to do the bare minimum to communicate well in the church is a full-time job today. However, most churches don't have the manpower, the expertise, or even the budget to hire enough people to really do it well. But Church Comm Team helps churches communicate better both internally and externally by giving you a full team of pros for the price of one full-time employee. We manage your projects and requests, social media, website, design, email, and even coach you and your staff to communicate strategically and effectively to your community. Go to churchcomteam.com to find a plan that works for your church size and budget and book a discovery call with our team today. Regardless of your church size, you've got big vision for your community. We can help you make that happen. Churchcomteam.com. All right, so these 100 days, that's a long time. That's over three months. 
I was just trying to think in my head. I was trying to do the maths. The, it's, all, it's almost four months, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, kind of, you got February in there. So that's that's the shortest that month. Okay. So yeah, three yeah. And, a, and some change. Perfect. Well, that's good. You can get a lot done in three and some change months. You really can. And in that, in those three months, you know, January, February, March, um, you're going to be preparing for Easter in some of that time. I know that nobody wants to hear about that right now, but that mm-hmm. is coming. Beginning and of April. It's like what? April 5th? I think so. Somewhere, somewhere around there. It's, yeah. um, let's not talk about it. Yeah. We're not talking about it. We'll yet. be talking about Easter and some other shows, but not today, but not today, but that not is going to be Easter, but that may be a, a big motivator for you to get some of these other things implemented that we would say in the first hundred days before Easter, you know, that you get this stuff done. It'll make um, your Easter job easier. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would, I'll just start, I'll throw out what I think one of the first things you should do in the first hundred days is um, you really need to decide to start using a church, uh, a project management tool of some sort, whether that is Basecamp, Asana, Trello, Monday, who cares? Pick one that you like and start using it. And even if you're the only person on the team, Megan, a project management tool is helpful. Absolutely. If you're using your email for reminders or tasks, the, it's a losing battle. And mm-hmm. there there are going to be so many spinning plates and details to remember and, and repeat projects that it will be helpful for you to have an understanding of what you did last time. You can track it. Yep. And in those moments, you're like, oh, I need to do that one thing. You need a place to write it down, a consistent place to write it down. Don't be like me and use sticky notes everywhere and then look like a mess and then lose them like don't do don't don't be like megan be better <laughs> that's be like what megan. i did that's how i started hey I, I still have like notepads that i'll use from time to time and you know i know i've got i've got everything in my project management but um i only use like four of them for four different things but i also have my pad of paper of like if i don't get anything else done i'm doing this today that, yeah. that just helps me to write it. So if you if you need to do some kind of combination of that, that's cool. But think of your notepad as like, that's just for you. Nobody else knows what's on the notepad. Other people can know what's in your project management. So you can share that with team members. You can get volunteers to help. It's a way for you to man- not only manage and organize and see your strategy in, in, at large, but it also is a way to delegate. Like many of, us, many of us feel like we can't delegate anything. It's like part of it's because it all lives in your head. Nobody right. can read your thoughts. Right. Okay. Here's what I do with my writing. So I put everything down in my project management tool. I use Basecamp, which Basecamp is a dumpster fire, but it's what <laughs> we use. Um, but then for my writing and meetings, I'll jot down notes every now and then. But I also just, I write down what my top three priorities are that day. Yeah. And yeah. I just determine that that goes in my notebook. Everything else is in Basecamp. Yep. I also use Notion. Notion is great for note taking. Okay. Um, so I'm in when I'm in meetings for whatever, like I'm just I'm taking notes in Notion and it's fairly fantastic. It's on my phone, it's on my computer. Cool. Two options. What Moving what is, what would your what would be your like number one priority for first hundred days? I would probably say a project management tool because you need a way and you need a way to collaborate with other people, right? Yeah. So you're going to have questions about things that are upcoming. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a place to ask those questions and for them, for you to be able to reference the answers. So project management tool is great. I would also say that you're going to need uh, a form for requests. 
Yeah. Because that gets out of hand real fast. When you have people asking for things on Facebook Messenger, it's crazy. It happens. Email, text, phone calls, drive-bys, you know, when we're back in person, like in person, just, hey, can you just do a quick social media post about blah, blah, blah? <laughs> hey, real quick, you need- can you? Nope. Nope. <laughs> you need a place to, to send them to for two reasons. One, it consolidates communication. And two, it helps them, the the asker, the person that is asking of it. The asker. It helps them to know what you need. Yeah. Right? Because they might give you, they, they just don't know what all goes into a request. Mm-hmm. And so if you can put all of that in a form, you don't have to have all of these follow-up questions of, okay, well, what's the date? Do you have a link for that? You know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. They can give it all to you right up front because it's all, they have to fill it in to submit it. Yeah. Otherwise you spend 30 minutes following up. Right. And if it's important enough to ask for, it's important enough to sit down and fill out a request for. So yes. think about it. Makes Because I know there's a lot of questions on that form. They would have not told you had you not asked. And sure. you know, what, when, what URL does this go to? Or what day does this do? You know, those kinds of things like, Sometimes that stuff is just left off. In fact, you know, working with some of our clients at church comm team, we, um, we have a project manager that has to run down, you know, some of that information. And one of the things she runs down the most is, you know, trying to get context for what this thing you've requested even is. Cause we don't go to that church. Right. So, right. um, a lot of times you'll have an event going on in, in like kids ministry and the communication director has no idea what that thing is. And, and they don't know why you're doing it or like, what is this? And they come up with some clever name that has nothing that tells you nothing about the event, of course. And so from context there, it's like, you can't build a graphic based on the information that you just get in a drive by or somebody something mm-hmm. by your office. So I think that's yeah. a really important thing too. Um, what about volunteer teams? Oh, do you want to talk about, you want me to talk about volunteer teams? Yeah, I think, I think volunteer teams is something we all want. Uh, yeah. and, and it's kind of like, man, in the first hundred days, can we really get volunteer teams going? Because uh, many of us are like one person communication teams, or you're like the executive pastor and you also handle communications. So you have to have a volunteer team. Mm-hmm. So what do you do for a volunteer team? Let's say you're a multiple hat wearing pastor that also does communications. What do you do to get your volunteers move, mobilized? It's, this is a hard, this is a hard one because it takes a lot of work up front, mm-hmm. but it pays off in the end. So if you can, if you can create some space to onboard some people, a couple things are helpful. Uh, one is I really love a good writing team. So if you have somebody that's a good content writer, they can write um, emails for you. They can write social media captions for you. Yeah. Um, that's going to take a lot of time and attention off of your plate, which yes. is incredibly helpful. And we don't really utilize writers in the church and volunteer roles. People who are really creative don't have a lot of outlets in the church to express their gifts. And so you get to provide a space for a creative, somebody who's wired creatively gifted that way to use their gifts. And that's, that's really cool too. Um, And that might just be somebody that, you know, who likes to write blog posts, you know, maybe somebody who has their little website on a little Squarespace site and they like to write blog posts. You're like, you are a great writer. Come do this. Or somebody who has really cute Instagram captions. Hey, you clearly love Instagram. Come write our Instagram captions for us. And and that's one of the things you pull them into your project management tool. You just assign them the task of write caption. 
yes. for that post and they write it up for you and you set them a deadline to write that caption and they do it and then you go post it. You copy paste. So, copy paste, man. Anything you can do to pot, copy paste or automate, which is another thing in your first hundred days you should really think about. Um, how much of this can you automate? Can you get your request form to automatically drop into your project management tool? Can you ask volunteers to do things for you and have those automatically populate when you, you know, when they send something in, does it, can they drop it straight into project management? How do you automate some of those things? Um, you know, I think that there was a tool that you mentioned, Megan, that you There's use a, a lot. Yeah, we've talked about it on here before. There's a really cool tool called Zapier mm -hmm. that you should familiarize yourself with because yeah. it's going to allow different platforms to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. um, so you just mentioned if somebody fills out a form, say you have Google Forms, for example, mm -hmm. somebody fills out that form, Zapier will have the information of that form automatically create a card on Trello. Yeah. Tag the person that's responsible for executing it. Put all of the it'll create a, a to-do list for you with all of the things that person asked and you don't have to even touch it. It just shows up in your task list. Yeah. Um, whatever you can do to like cut out the manual. Yes. Labor. And, and this is where, you know, all these things kind of come together is that you, you may hear that and go, man, I do not have the time. I don't want to make the time. And if I made the time, I would be miserable doing those kinds of things. So this is the kind of volunteer you need. You need someone, you need to go find yourself a nerd yes. who really loves, <laughs> uh, find yourself a nerd <laughs> who really, really loves details and teach them Zapier, get them involved and say, I want this to happen here. Can you make this happen? And let that volunteer work that create those processes for you um, to basically make you have your, your, like you said, your manual labor type things that you have to do where you have to do things manually over and over. Mm -hmm. um, there are, probably five or six things that are really time consuming that you could automate in your, in your ministry pretty quick. If you just learned Zapier, cause, cause I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to learn a new product. I don't want to learn Zapier and just be honest, Zapier to me, I, I'm a creative type. So I look at that and go, when I've worked with it, it's been a little complicated, you know, but it's I understand it can be overwhelming, it can be overwhelming you know, but things like Trello Monday, these, these project management tools, they also have automations that you can write and built in to the, to the tool itself without Zapier. So learn your products, learn what they can do, and then find somebody that really loves that stuff to help you kind of streamline all these things. Because the last thing you want to be doing is like in March, trying to manually do everything for Easter on top of everything else. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, it's just chaos. So. And if you're anything like us, details are not your best friend. Right. So when you are manually doing stuff, the risk for error is a real margin of error is real high. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. the more that I can yep. automate, the 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 more I can, you know, reduce the margin of error. And that is I want that. Yes, me too. Um, because the more that's that's set up for me to just click a button and go, man, I, that that allows me as a creative to do the things I really want to do. And that makes me enjoy work more. Yeah. And so if you're one of those creative types, that's kind of you, then find someone who is, who loves tasks and that makes them enjoy work to help you with that part. This is, this is where you, you know, we did a, a podcast not long ago about working with people that aren't like you. And this is where this really comes into play is find volunteers that aren't like you find people that can do things you can't do and delegate those weaknesses. But I would say set up project management. We, we said, set up your, your, um, 
your request form, automate processes, get a volunteer team. That's that's kind of the four big ones we've said so far. I think also one of the things that many many people are missing is what's called a major messaging calendar. And this is this is looks looks a little beastly too. Um, when you when you open up the major messaging calendar templates that people have for free. You've shared um, a really great one in your Facebook group. Yeah, I have one that long I, ago. I have one that I kind of modified for what I did at my last mm-hmm. church, and I think that's what you got to do with it. You can't just take it and go, "Okay, how do we make what we do fit into this template?" You you got to be willing to delete parts of the template you don't need and just make right. your own thing out of it. And that's what I did. So I I can give you a template. We'll put a link to that in, in the show notes for this. But um, what a major messaging calendar is is basically a one centralized place where everyone can look and know what's going on. Whether that is events, um, that's social media, maybe not social media posts, but like series coming up, major events in your church, um, what communication is going out as far as flyers or ads you have, um, what announcements you're going to make in church this week. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff can go in a major messaging calendar. How, how have you used one? That's how I used it. So I've always had a couple. So I had a major messaging calendar that was available for the whole staff that had series teacher mm-hmm. um, and, and announcements. And we were a multi-site church and the announcements varied from site to site. And so it was really important just to be able to track what was getting said, where and when. Yeah. Um, And so I, and and uh, I think maybe even hosts who was hosting, mm-hmm. like who was doing the, the main stage announcements. Yeah, yeah, Those were like and anything beyond that felt too detailed mm-hmm. to put for all staff. Then I had my own calendar that had all more detailed specific things in there, like what was getting said on Instagram versus Facebook versus stories versus, yeah, you know, um, but the high level stuff was in was in that major messaging yeah. calendar. It was it, just a Excel, just a Google spreadsheet. Yeah. I like to pull my social media calendar out into like the a calendar view of the project management tool. So I like to use like Asana or Monday or Basecamp or um, Trello in the calendar view to plan out my social media um, because it's easier to look at that way for me because I'm kind of visual. But with everything else, I liked having it in that one place. And one of the things that was helpful for me especially when it came to what announcements were we making? Cause we did video announcements. And so I had to plan what those video announcements were, write that script and we had to shoot those every week. And that was the bane of my existence. But when we got to the, to the calendar, we could see like, what are we promoting in the mm-hmm. service? And so if somebody came to me and said, Hey, you're not talking about this enough. I can say, I can either point to the calendar and say, yes, I did see here, here, and here, or I can look at it and this happened too. Oh, you're right. I'm not, let's find a way to put that in you know, cause this is a value for us. And so I made that calendar available to department heads to see so that they could see when we were talking about things to avoid them coming in and, and you know, I just haven't heard about it in a while. Well, you know, that doesn't mean that you, we haven't talked about it. So, right. um, it allowed one us thing just to keep I things also did with track. this, which kind of goes with our next one is I would regularly meet with the campus pastors to mm-hmm. go over this, to go over the major messaging. Yep. Just so that one, they knew what was happening. And two, there was a lot of times that something would come up that would trump what was on my calendar that I just didn't know about yet. And it kind of helped prevent that like last fire emergency. Oh no, it's Friday at 3 p.m. and we've already printed the bulletins and that's not happening anymore, you know? Mm 
Um, and so I would just have a regular weekly meeting with every campus pastor. Hey, these are the three things that we're talking about at your campus this weekend. Yeah, you're, you're right. And that kind of internal communication is so important to, you know, really getting everybody on the same page. So I, I'd say, let's go to the next one that I, that I put is meet with all department heads and ask, what is your biggest comms obstacle? It's putting you in front of these people and saying, basically, how can I help you the most in the next hundred days? Yeah. You know, what is it going on right now? Um, one of the things we do with our clients every quarter or so is we, we go, tell us everything that's coming up. Let's put it on, put calendars on, put dates on the calendar. And that way allows me to go, Hey, okay. On January 15th, there's this thing coming up. So I know I need to plan some social media for that. I need to plan some emails for that. I need to include that in our announcement somewhere, or we need to print something for that so that you don't put it all on them. I mean, we're the communicators, right? We know where all this stuff is. We know what they need, even if they don't. So sitting back and waiting for them to tell us everything they need and think about our job for us is not a good posture. It's for us to go to them is so helpful. And so we become proactive. And I think that's a huge mind shift for some of us who kind of operate in the agency mentality Mm -hmm. that we're actually a ministry partner and not just an agency waiting for orders. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the, well, a couple of thoughts here. One, I think, um, we are responsible for our position. Like mm-hmm. we are responsible for our own role and our own job and other people don't need to help us, you know, make sure that we do it better. Yeah. So if you see, if you see a gap, if you see um, something missing or, you know, two things not aligning, a good leader fills it. Mm-hmm. A good leader doesn't just bring awareness and ask somebody else to fill it. A good leader fills the gap. Yeah. They get done what they see missing because they see it. Yep. And, um, and, so and a way that, that in a way you can fill that is not necessarily you filling it. It's you finding some way to fill it. it it's taking, my head. Yes. taking ownership of the gap. It's that's the leadership. It's not just you yeah. stepping in and doing more. Cause I think all of us might hear that and go, Oh gosh, I can't do more. Well, yes. part of it is that you haven't done the other things that organize you, you know, that, that can really reduce the amount of things that you have time that you need to do some of these things. But the second part is that we just don't think that, that if we see a problem that I can't just fix it, you know, it's like, I, I got to, I got to, I don't have time. I don't have the bandwidth to fix it. Well, we're not asking you to have the bandwidth. We're asking you to find someone who does have the bandwidth and yeah. help, you know, yeah, for sure. It's being proactive and, and really kind of just, like you said, filling in the gaps. I think that it's really important. And the curiosity that you exhibit by asking what your biggest obstacle is, is incredibly helpful on so many fronts. Mm -hmm. It gives people the option to have buy-in to your role, which maybe they didn't have before. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what that, what that role looks like for you and your church, but often it seems that the communications role, there's a lot of tension. Yeah. What's the authority? There's a lot of responsibility, very little authority, um, it's very complex. There's a lot of moving parts. You get to determine uh, what gets said. And mm-hmm. that's a really, that's tension. There's tension there. Yep. So the more you can have buy-in from your department heads and and senior leaders, the, the better it's going to be for them, the better it's going to be for you. And there might be a process in place that, you know, on the big picture or business worldwide seems like a great process. But the best process, the best system is the one that works for you. It's yep. not the one 
that somebody else said is. It's the one that works. And so you might think, you might hear this best practice, best business practice, it's being implemented, but then everybody complains about it. It's not the best practice for your church. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, and this gives smart. you all the opportunity to have insight into that. Yes. And, and I think that leads us really in where I wanted to end here. Let's talk about that tension and deciding what gets going where. Mm, tension. Yeah. Love I mean, the tension. I mean, there's a lot of other things you could do, but we're being realistic about first hundred days. This is a lot for first hundred days. So if you can't do all this cool, pick, pick the ones you can do and do them. Um, because we talked about, you know, project management, major messaging. You could also get a social media scheduling program like Buffer or Hootsuite and make a plan for that. You could create a newsletter t- template design. Um, you could do a lot of other things too. But I think that defining how you're going to prioritize things is important. And deciding that up front will eliminate a lot of problems. But mm. not to say that the actual act of deciding might cause problems too. (laughs) (laughs) We're just problem makers, you guys. That's what we... How do you tell somebody that their thing that they love in ministry is not very important? You know? Listen, Kim Meyer said this, and I love it. She said, everything is important. Everything in your church is important, Mm -hmm. but not everything is, is, oh shoot, I just lost it. Everything is important, but not everything is right to say. Like not everything needs to be said, right? Yes. What you do matters. That doesn't mean that that, you know, giving away 30 packs of goldfish on Sunday morning celebration needs to be shared on main stage when it only applies to 6% of the audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we, we've talked about tears before, like promotional tears, um, not not physical tears, though it could cause physical tears. It might cause physical tears. Um, you have to tell <laughs> someone not. no. I hope not. <laughs> um, you know, we talked a little bit before this about um, creating this this setup, and I think if you have nothing, it's a good idea. I think I think you can do better. I have things I I like to say about you know creating like what are we trying to do with this Instagram, and who is that for, and that decides what gets said there. And what are we doing with our announcements on Sunday mornings? Who is that for? And that helps decide what gets said there. So if you can do that in granular kind of fashion, I think that's good. But many of us can't do that. So um, the tiers are a helpful framework. But once you share them, people get mad. Yeah, it's uncomfy. But I, I always like to blame them because here I I consider myself the gatekeeper of of communications. And we all know that promotional content is not the best content for social media, mm-hmm. right? But everybody on staff thinks that social media is the best place for promotional content. Yeah. So it's my job to protect that. And if I have this tiered system, then it's consistent. I'm not saying no to Jared and yes to Katie for the exact kind, same kind of event. I can go to both of them and say, this is why Katie's got promoted and this is why Jared's didn't. Yeah. Having you know? a framework is helpful. It, yeah. def- it definitely gives you something to point to. But I would say too, that if your leadership has not agreed to back you on that, you're going to have a problem. You 100% need to have your leadership. And the best thing to do, uh, either have like a lunch and learn where you roll this out that your leadership mm-hmm. sets up and you yep. walk everyone through the why and or have your leadership communicate it, not you. Yeah, that's good. And I think that when you're you're setting these things up, there is that 
like you said, a lunch and learn, there's that educational piece because, because what we don't want to be is we don't want to be the gatekeeper of communications without them knowing why we are that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's just not going to be this, you have a title, so I respect you, or you've been to school, so I respect you, or you've been doing this for a long time, so I respect what you're, what you're saying and doing. And I'll just take your word for it. Many times there's somebody on staff that will not do that. They will go around you. They will fight with you. They will you know, go to the pastor and, and gripe, and then they'll come make you do what you didn't want to do in the first place. So that kind of stuff happens. So where, when you when you do have to lay down some kind of structure, there is an education piece that you really need to think about with your staff as to why this is important because they do not care that it's even though everything's important, but it's not the right thing to say. Well, the right thing to say is to help me, you know, and that that's all they're going to think. So I think there is some, some real wiggle room there for, um, for how you do that. Um, some people will put in the tears and say, I just know this. My leadership knows this is kind of the framework I strive for. And they just are okay with like arguing about it. Yeah. Um, some people just lay down the law and say, um, I have spoken. This is how we do things. It is the way <laughs> it is. It is the way it has been written. Um, <laughs> thus saith, thus saith the pastor. And uh, that will be how things go. And people just have to suck it up and deal with it. I don't think any of those are real great. But I think the communication, keeping that internal communication open all the time is, is really healthy. So I think in your first 100 days, there's, there's a lot of things that you can implement as a first-time pa- pa- youth uh, communications pastor, youth pastor. Oh, digging Youth back, pastor? Digging How'd that get deep. thrown in here? I don't know. Digging back <laughs> deep. Um, but I think there's a lot of things you could do. But take, like I said at the beginning, set some goals over those 100 days. I want to have this thing implemented by this day. I want to have this thing implemented by this day. And set it up. What do you think you need first? Do that first. What do you think you need next? Do that next. And just set those goals so that you can keep up with it. And so that's why I suggest the project management first, because it's easy to put those dates and deadlines in your project management tool for getting those things implemented. You can't really get anything done without dates and deadlines. Right. And so even if you're a team of one, use this project management tool and get those things set up so that you won't uh, just put them on a pad somewhere and forget them and stick on a sticky note. That's Megan does or sticky notes just to avoid the sticky notes which Trello has digital sticky notes so Basically, it's a win-win yeah. for the record you and I both love Trello we do we do uh, church comm team we've moved to Monday uh, I've I really never love, used it I like Monday as well for yeah. my personal stuff I like Trello because it's just how my brain works but when you're working with other people it, Monday was really good I, I like Monday or Asana probably for teams the best uh, Trello I like for personal but um, I've had to kind of expand my universe a little bit because when you work with people, you really want them to work in things that they can pick up quick. Yeah. And with Trello, what I notice is you either get it or you don't. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you for changing your ways. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I like Trello. The can jam board is, is like the can ban board. Is that what it's called? Can ban board. I thought it was con- Kanban. Oh, whatever. I don't know. Kanban, <laughs> Kimosabi, uh, that kind of board it, with the cards <laughs> and stuff you move. Um, that, that works for me. But some people look at that, like like my business partner, Paul Fleming, he uh, he looked at it, he was like, this is terrible. Oh, gosh. Of course, <laughs> he, Paul would think yeah, that. Yeah, well, he loves Basecamp. And I'm like, Basecamp's terrible. So we, found a, terrible. we found a happy medium in Monday that we both really like. So um, anyway, it's it 
our clients pick it up pretty quick. And so I, it's a good one, but you have to pay for it. That's the only thing. It's a paid one. The other ones are, have a free version, which is why I usually recommend Asana for many teams to start with. It's got many different views, very powerful on the free plan. But um, I like Trello a lot. One cool thing, too, that you can do with each of those is you can give people access to your yes. projects. And so if they want to know, you know, where is this at, mm -hmm. they can just look at your projects and see, oh, this is in process or, oh, this is um, in review. You know, they can see all of those things and they don't have to bug you. Yeah. And there are limits to how many people can watch a, or be on the team. But okay. I think you can have unlimited watchers, like viewers of the card, where they can't which is great. do anything on the card. They can just see what's happening. Yeah, which um, is great. So we use that with, with Monday as well. We just add people in. When they request something, we send them an email and put them on the, on the card as a viewer. So I feel like way. I sound like super anti-people. Whatever I can do to get people to not talk to me, that's what I want. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like you try to automate as much as you can to really get all this done. But, you know, there are conversations you'll have to run down the hall and ask them something. And, you know, when you get that information, go back, put it in the card, put it in your project management so you don't forget it. Don't write it down on a pad. and Or a sticky note and let it brush note. off of your computer and yeah. on a really windy day. And then all of a sudden you're lost. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this, when I'm in meetings um, or was in meetings, now when I'm in meetings, I do this. But when I was on staff, um, I'd have my computer open and I'd have a sauna open because that's what we used. And if things came up, then I was like, I need to start this project. I just write it as my notes right there in a sauna. Um, I even created a project for myself called Seth's notes. <laughs> and I just, that way I like, at least I write it down. I can go back and move it somewhere later, mm -hmm. you know, so I didn't have to go where wait, stop, stop talking for a second. That needs to go on a different board. Let me find it. You know, I didn't, I didn't ha yeah. have time for that. So I would write those notes down and then I could parse them out. And then I realized that even I was pretty bad at that. So I had my project manager just start coming to meetings with me. She was much better. And that's what well, she Well, that's do. handy dandy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, she's already here and she loves this. So why not? So that way I could just be more, you know, be cool. I'd kind of ruin her life. You know, you know would be great is if we did. <laughs> you attended all these meetings with me and took all the notes. That would she's be awesome. just like, shut up. You're adding more and more. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, first hundred days of being a communication director are going to be crazy. Um, no matter whether you're resetting or starting from scratch and I'm convinced 2021 is going to be great. It's going to be a great year. But even if you're listening to this after 2021, you, know, you should know that some of these things are always going to be there that when you're starting a communications team or you're, or you're on your own, it, it's good to have a plan for those first hundred days. For sure. Well, if you, you will always reach the goal that you set or don't set. Yeah. What, what gets measured gets maximized, multiplied. Is that what it is? I don't know. What's the, I forget what the man we're really we're really nailing the quotes today yeah we're really nailing the sayings today the sayings we have them down Say, we should write these down first <laughs> i used to have in my twitter profile i used to have seth muse sayer of things <laughs> i like that anyway all right well that's it for today thank you guys so much for listening to the seminary of hard knocks podcast you can get this podcast obviously wherever you got it or other places so thanks for being here listening subscribe leave us a review and you can get the show notes at sethmuse.com and we'll see you again soon. Later.